Hey guys, it's your girl Dinola Ndashi Jameson and you are listening to the Conversations with Purposed Women. This podcast is all about empowering women to thrive in their work with Jesus, motivation and accountability. We talk all things from celibacy, singleness, marriage, finances and purpose. I'm here to make sure that you are inspired, equipped and empowered to pursue God's mission. I invite you on this journey with me. Let's go after everything we've got together. be back in studio again um, what a long long break in in the midst of a pandemic um, actually I had to step away from being in the studio due to writing my second book um, process to promise and um, if you didn't ha- if you didn't get a copy yet you better get yourself one so I'm so excited um, to be back on here and just to to be here to just encourage empower and to exhort towards God's purpose and will for our lives and um, so um, I'm entirely not alone in studio tonight. Um, I have someone with me, a beautiful lady in the kingdom of our heavenly Father. Um, her name is Rido Ann Jasmine English. She's a Namibian dietitian who is passionate about nutrition education in the media industry as well as the owner of RJ English Health and Beauty, where she helps people make health easier, focusing on mindset, nutrition, and movement. She believes that she is called by God to redefine and simplify health for herself and others in every aspect of life, spiritually, relationally, financially, and physically. So, welcome girl. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited for this, and yeah, thank you for that awesome introduction. Um, yeah, no, thank you for really just accommodating us at such short notice and for really being keen to really populate and empower for the kingdom of God. And we are really excited to have you in studio. Um, so welcome. Thank you. Um, so um, actually, I would like to ask you a few questions. Um, I'm quite really inspired by your way of life. I think we connected through Instagram. And... Um, so um, I've seen that you are quite very passionate um, about diet, like you are a dietitian in yeah. Korea. What sparked the idea to pursue this particular career? Can you just expound a bit, like what, what sparked the passion and the idea? Yeah, so initially I didn't want to study to become a dietitian. I actually had all my eggs in one basket wanting to be a clinical psychologist. But then I took a gap year, thank God, and in that gap year I realized that, okay, maybe I should do a bit of research. And my aunt also gave me some advice on studying to be a dietitian. So wow. I was like, okay, let me do some research on it, prayed about it. And at the time, there were no dietitians that I knew of in Namibia. But I still felt like, yo, this can be something that I can do because it's something that I always struggled with was like my weight, um, insecure about um, healthy food behaviors, healthy eating. Um, and I had a really bad relationship with food growing up. So wow. for me, it was just important to like educate myself so that I can wow. help other people as well. And um, in that time of applying, I didn't have any money. My mom didn't have any money. And we kind of just applied by faith. Wow. And we skipped the whole process of of how to get the funds and taking out loans and all of that, taking out a study loan. 
And then I just applied for bursaries, thinking to myself, okay, if this is something God wants me to do, it's going to happen. Mm -hmm. And doesn't matter how it's going to happen, it's going to happen. Wow. And it actually did. So once I got accepted, or not partially accepted, I got on the waiting list. And then they, after the waiting list, they, I got a phone call, a random phone call. This was in November mm -hmm. 2016. Yeah. And then the person on the other line was someone from the Ministry of Health of Namibia. And they were like, okay, so Salenbosch sent us your application details. They told us that this is someone from Namibia applying, but this person doesn't have funding. Are you funding this person? Wow. And I was like, okay. And she said, so if you want us to, to fund you, you can send in your application, but applications closed in April. And I was like, okay, God, I don't know, but I'm just going to pray and trust you. Long story short, I got the bursary. Um, everything was paid. My trip there, my expenses, my living expenses, wow. my um, like allowances even, and medical aid. So everything was sorted, and it was a miracle that I even got the, the bursary. Wow. Studied for four years, and in that time... What really kept me going was the fact that God made it possible. Wow. And it was a difficult four years. But I kept on just being reminded that if God went through all this effort yeah. to get me to study this thing, yes. then, you know, I'm going to have to study it. Yeah. And I'm going to have to make the best of, of what I'm doing. And yeah, that's what I did. Wow. And, and currently I'm, I'm in a, at this place where it hasn't come full circle yet. Yeah. Yes, I got a job at the Ministry of Health. And that is also another miracle wow. story because there were no posts open. And wow. I just applied by faith and I was like, God, okay, I don't, <laughs> I don't know what to do, but I'm going to apply. And they accepted my application and now I'm one of very few dietitians in the Orongo region, wow. um, but the only one in public health. Wow. So, like, whatever God's going to do through it, it's in His will, but I'm still in the process of figuring that out. But in the process of figuring that out, I'm still, like, every single day just re being reminded that God made this happen. Wow. So I need to, however I can, glorify Him and take his leading day by day, like, okay, what are we doing today? What am I doing today? Yeah. How can I go about this? Yeah. Because it's, it's tough in this industry. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's basically <laughs> my story around wow. it. So it's basically like God redirected you into a purpose that he had for you in terms of career. It yeah. was not your own choice. No. Wow. What a powerful testimony. No. So what, what are the challenges you faced, like, doing the work itself, like within the Ministry of Health. Yeah. Um, since you say you are actually the only one in the Rongo region, I believe there should be an influx of patients. Yeah, um, yeah. How do you handle that? I think right now there isn't an influx of patients. Mm -hmm. um, it's more just going steady, like day by day, um, slowly. But the, the mantle that I have right now, the, the thing that I'm tasked mm -hmm. with, is developing policies for a division, a department that yeah. never existed before. Okay. So that requires full like focus and research and 
actually also a lot of patience because the government doesn't always have the funding to yeah. build something from yes. scratch. Mm -hmm. So it's now not only getting policies in place, but getting other professionals to, to join hands with me and yes. see the value of this profession and see the value of this degree wow. so that for future generations to come mm -hmm. that this will already be established and that um, nutrition and dietetics is already something that is working in a set way yes. in the Irongo region so wow. it's for the entire region wow so it's like there was like lack in this area and yeah. God's offer to like usher you into this area yeah wow really a powerful testimony girl I love your faith <laughs> Yeah, I, I took a lot of faith. <laughs> I love the way you have faith. Um, Thank so, you. Um, just hearing your story and just, you know, saying you've been taking steps of faith, radical mm. steps of faith. Um, were you brought up with both your mom and dad? Do you have siblings? Uh, I wasn't brought up with both my mom and my dad. Mm -hmm. For most of my life, my mom raised me. Okay. My mom and my dad got divorced when I was uh, seven years old. Mm -hmm. And then we were in between parents yeah. um, in the beginning. But then later on, um, we stopped seeing my dad because for me, from my side, I didn't want to make any effort to yes. actually have a relationship with him. Wow. I have two sisters and so we're just a bunch of females. I grew up in a female mm -hmm. household. So... <laughs> the club. <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of people can relate, actually. So it wasn't, it wasn't easy because there wasn't any um, example yes. of what yeah. men are supposed to be yes. like, what um, authority figures mm -hmm. are supposed to be like, or head of the house. Wow. Uh, but God still, I think, really covered us in a lot of areas where yeah. I could have gone off the road. Yes. And there were moments, I had my phases yes. where I was just rebelling against every single thing that I was taught. But my mom instilled very firm principles. Yeah. And those principles were definitely fundamental to my faith. Wow. And I wouldn't be where I am right now if she hadn't been my mom. Yes. Because and instilled those yes. principles. And, and it showed an example of it as yeah. well. Like she didn't just wow. talk, but she actually walked yeah. a journey with God herself. Wow. So, so it wasn't difficult to connect with God because you didn't have that frame of reference as a father. Was, it, was there not like a barrier in terms of, you know how we can sometimes go into an orphan mindset like, God, you're not answering me. Okay, I'm going to do this thing myself yeah. because you were brought up in a like single parent home. Like, was there not that barrier? How did you handle that? There definitely was that barrier. <laughs> I grew up expecting so much yeah. from God. Yeah. It was almost as if, if God ever said no to me in hypothetical terms, but if things didn't work mm -hmm. out, then I would go into a state of depression where wow. I was just like, you know, God doesn't love me. Yes. God doesn't like me. Yes. Why is he allowing this thing to happen yeah. to me? Because I didn't know what it was like when a father said no yes. and what it was like when a father disciplined what it was yes. like to even relate to god as father yes. so for the longest time of my life i didn't know what that looked like mm -hmm. and i still i'm still learning from hearing the words no or things not working out the way i yes. thought that they would yes you can call me spoiled in that regard <laughs> but it was just the fact that i didn't have um a, a foundation yes. of what uh 
a father is like. Yes. Yeah. So for a long time that was a, a major struggle for me. Yes. Yeah. No. I I had the same thing. Mm. Um. It's with writing my first book, uh, in pursuit of a father. Yeah. And I think sometimes you know that we tend to correlate what our earthly fathers did with God. We tend to correlate him with them, right? Yep. And it's like, okay, he doesn't care. He's rejecting me. Why is he not answering me? Why are things just going left? Mm. <laughs> you know. And and I think with with that in itself, um, it calls for like just confronting acknowledging and allowing him to be God in a way that he wants to reveal himself as God. Yeah. But I think just hearing a story about your faith journey, how you trusted him with um, studying and getting the job that you did, that, that speaks volumes in terms yeah. of how you got to trust him as a father, that he was a good, good father, that he will not guide and lead you to do something and not show himself faithful yeah. in that area. Sure, that's powerful. It is true. And I think that is something that I resonate with mm-hmm. most is God being provider. Wow. Um, growing in a household where my mom couldn't provide. Yes. But my mom financially couldn't provide, uh, structurally couldn't provide all the time. I had to, from a young age, rely on this heavenly father figure <laughs> to give me the finances I yeah. need to provide the opportunities yes. that I need to guide me in wisdom um, in terms of my finances, yeah. in terms of relationship, mm-hmm. in terms of so many things in my yeah. life where yeah. that wisdom I didn't have from, from a dad. Wow. So wow. that was definitely key. <laughs> wow. That is, that is amazing, girl. I can definitely relate. Mm. And I'm really astounded by the way you just live out your faith with intentionality, especially living set apart. Do you mind sharing with us on how you stumbled into your purpose, like knowing this is what God has called you to do and living a surrendered life? Like um, how, how, how does the two correlate? How did you figure out this is what God has called me to do? This is what I know I can do, that yeah. he has imparted unto me and I am now going to live a surrendered life to live out what he has called me to do. Um, in terms of your career, in terms of your faith, in yeah. terms of friendships? Yeah. yeah. I think for a lot of my high school years, I started setting myself apart. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe that was also God, because I think that was the this exact same time when I gave my heart to Jesus mm-hmm. for the second time, I think, <laughs> recommended or whatever. Um but I withdrew from the crowd. Mm-hmm. I didn't hang out with the normal colored mm-hmm. group in, in our school. Wow. I would go sit in the library and I would actually be with the, the people that were rejected and wow. the people that were not popular, the people that weren't um, approved by societal norms. Wow. I went to sit with them, I went to speak with them and I tried to minister to them. Yeah. Just hope and faith yeah. and love. Uh, not so much just biblical things or whatever, but it was more just how I lived. I wanted them to feel accepted mm-hmm. without an agenda. Yes. So that was how what I did for majority of my, my high school years. And I think that is when I started to realize that this is my purpose. Wow. It is to connect with the brokenhearted. It's to... to bring a message of hope mm-hmm. to those who are hopeless. Yes. To bring a, a message of, you know what, I understand where you're at, mm-hmm. I can relate. Yes. And 
let's find a way to get out of that or maybe even being like I got out of it yes. this way yeah um let me show you how let me yeah. help you through this so that's actually why I wanted to study psychology wow. because I knew in my heart of hearts mm -hmm. I had that gift that ability but I didn't really know how it was going to fit into a career and now I'm starting to realize it doesn't have to fit into a career yes. if I were to leave dietetics today I will still be able to live out my purpose yes. and that's what I really want a lot of people to understand is that their purpose is not attached to something it's yes. attached to who they are wow. and wow. as soon as we come into full alignment with who we are we will know that doesn't matter who gets taken away what gets taken yeah. away what opportunities don't come wow. we still wow. are who we are and we're still living in our purpose wow. if we lived out our true self wow. so yeah that is definitely my switch yes um, mentally came from realizing that I have this purpose it's not going to look like the norm yes. and you said that a lot of times <laughs> as well um, it's not going to look norm like the norm but it's also not going to be confined to a degree or to yeah. a job or to a business yes definitely yeah well that is quite very powerful I love the fact that you mentioned that um, when everything else is stripped away from who we are the gift that we have yeah it's not attached to anything else it's not attached to a qualification it's not mm -hmm. attached to anything else we can still function from our identity in God, in our gift. And that is something very powerful that you're mentioning right now, even though you are qualified to do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, that, is, that, is something, that is something key, and I love that you are emphasizing on that. And it's, it's quite beautiful how you discern that you were different yeah. since high school. You know, um, you discerned like, okay, I know that I do not fit in here. And I've, I've, I've come to terms with that. I've accepted that. Um, how did you handle being ridiculed, like being judged? Like I think people probably thought, like she thinks she's better than us. Yeah. Right. I don't know. There's just something about my life that I haven't encountered ridicule. Wow. I haven't encountered uh, people bad mouthing me or rejecting me or. Um, saying I'm one way mm -hmm. and then it's completely false you know however I have ridiculed myself wow. I have rejected myself I have uh, lived in a place where I'm constantly questioning is this true what I'm yeah. saying is this real what I'm doing am I coming out authentic or am I faking yes so I don't even think I needed it from the outside world, even if they were to give it to me, because yeah. I already did that to myself, wow. which I'm learning to undo, because yes. if, if I'm living in that constant state, how can I expect other people to show up um, without judgment of themselves? Exactly. You know? So I really had to, to break that, and I'm still in the process of it. I'm still learning how to accept myself completely and show mm -hmm. up with vulnerability yes uh without fearing that people will will ridic ridicule me yeah uh i think it's it's that 
that thing before they do it to me you do I it do yourself. it to myself you know <laughs> it's kind of one of those toxic <laughs> toxic things that we do we say to ourselves but it really it really needs to be um i accept myself i love myself mm-hmm. i know i'm i'm i'm, I'm worthy mm-hmm. and i know that i'm being genuine and open so that whether or not people judge me or whether they ridicule me uh, i can still stand firm in who in a tr- in who i am yes. and in my truth you know yeah. wow wow what a power piece of being honest <laughs> yeah <laughs> i think um with i think what you what you mean with saying you rejecting yourself in mm. that sense is that you know when it comes with living a set apart life your life looks completely different from societal norms mm-hmm. and i think that sometimes can be a bit challenging because your life doesn't look like anybody else's the way you live the way you do things the way you are drawn to function yeah it looks completely different and i think we can sometimes crave for normalcy yeah but that in itself is what makes you different that is what helps being set apart to function in your gift and your ministry and your purpose yeah wow wow very encouraging um So um I just I'm I'm quite you just mentioned that um you didn't really grow up with your mom and dad mm-hmm. like they were split. Um so can you just share with us what are the challenges you faced with family when you felt led to live a life that looks completely different from your background in terms of your faith and now your way of eating and living. Wow, the way of eating. Girl, let me not even go into that one. Um I think let me first start with where my how can i say my my separation from my family began it began when i had to leave south africa so when i went to go study in sa my whole family came with me wow so we were all in in one country Is it like to support you to live with you no they actually just went to live their own life but it was almost as if they didn't want me to go like an overprotective shield like we're going with you yeah but they didn't say they didn't verbalize that obviously okay. but now looking back in retrospect i'm like these people really have been following me around my whole life because when i came back they also came back wow so okay not my older sister but the, my mom and my younger sister they both also came back mm-hmm. uh so when i now had to leave sa uh without knowing whether or not they were going to come back to Namibia i started reprogramming my mind to detach from them wow and that was a very painful process but i knew it had to be done i remember sitting in the garage one day and a flash of everything that my family stands for mm-hmm. that they have been programmed to believe Yeah. based off of generational things that have been carried down about identity about finances about relationships and men about uh, a healthy attachment secure yeah. attachments with other people yeah. they believed one thing and i didn't relate to that anymore i wanted wow. better for myself i wanted to be secure in my relationships with people and not want to overpower them wow. not want to decide for them yeah. not want to be so interfering mm-hmm. and that is because we came from a household of a lot of women yeah <laughs> not just not just my 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 direct family like my siblings yeah. 
but even my mom's siblings wow. they're just women what yes wow <laughs> yes so they were very overbearingly involved in each other's lives and they often felt like they had an opinion they could decide for each other and if someone didn't beat to the drum then we, they would cut each other off wow that's like manipulation yes it was very unhealthy attachments wow. and very insecure bonds they've obviously grown out of it now yeah. they're in a very different place and i had to be the start of that and wow. i started it me and my and my cousin my oldest the oldest cousin the yes. two of us we were oh how can i say we were the ones the first ones that kind of broke away wow. from the family and god used us to just start this whole change of how they see their involvement wow. in each other's lives wow and that was my my first introduction of uh actually separating yourself from the people that you love wow. when they are no longer in alignment with where you need to go yes yeah. and i had to go not only because of my relationship at the time but i also need all oh, my even my career change or yes. geographical yes. change i had to go um in a place where i was more confident in trusting god to lead my purpose wow. and not in the opinions of my family wow, to determine powerful. where i'm going and that's the thing we would always ask each other like what do you think i want to do this i want to take on this venture what's your opinion what do you think yeah. and if majority ruled then you don't do that thing wow, it's like seeking for validation yes wow. yes they, exactly that's the, that's the, <laughs> that's the perfect explanation of it so I just had to learn to trust God in my decisions and prayfully take on new challenges and wow. prayfully take on new adventures in my life without yeah. being too concerned about what my family thought. It takes boldness mm -hmm. and courage to do that. I know I can relate. It's not easy. Mm -hmm. It's not easy to blaze a new trail that there's no frame of reference it's like you just starting something new you yeah. just know that you got to trust god's heart for you you just know that he's taking you somewhere yeah. um and he it's like he's just realigning the next generation but yeah. through you mm. so um tell me when you how, when you did try and set boundaries in terms of living set apart was mm. that was that not a bit hard and of course it was it was very difficult it often felt to my family like i was rejecting them yeah like i was choosing my relationship over them mm -hmm. like i was choosing my life over them um but it really wasn't about that i just went with where i was going and didn't look back really wow. but now seeing when I, once i did that seeing our relationship now being able to be built on pure foundations where wow. it's no no longer judging each other no longer being uh, overbearing in each other's lives yeah. and also me not taking offense if they don't agree with what i have to do yeah. or where i'm going mm -hmm. me respectfully saying like okay i can i understand your opinion it's okay i respect your yeah. opinion but this is what i'm doing wow. and whether or not you're you agree with me or not that's up to you yes you know yeah wow that's powerful and i think 
um, um, putting down boundaries is it's a thing of when you put on the boundaries you also need to honor their boundaries whichever yes, way that looks like definitely wow that's very powerful girl it's it's so so encouraging um so can you tell us have you been in a relationship before um please so tell us share us it's here a bit i know there's there's a there's a like an icing on this whole podcast mm. <laughs> that's coming <laughs> that i'm gonna ask i know you know what's coming <laughs> But can you just share a bit with us, like, um, did, you, did you experience any painful breakup experiences in terms of relationships? And would you mind elaborating more on the inner work of transformation and healing in your journey, like, that can just encourage so many others out there? Yeah, definitely. I think we all have had our fair share of, of relationships, mm-hmm. whether good or bad. Um, I... Like I said, growing up, I didn't really know what it was like to be with a man yeah. in my life. So being with a man in a relationship was so difficult. Wow. It was really, really difficult. I had the most insecurities when it came to dating and when it came to being in a relationship because I didn't feel like I was worthy of being this person's choice. And so there was always insecurities when it come to, came to this person choosing anything else beside me. Wow. So whether it's friends, family, career, profession, whatever the case might have been, yeah. it can't come before me. So it was like a trigger. Yes. Mm-hmm. It was a trauma trigger. Wow. Um, and it was based off of um, my mom and my dad's relationship. Where there was a lot of infidelity, a lot of trauma, a lot of unexplained things that I still don't have the explanations for because my dad passed away in 2014. Wow. So even if I wanted to heal those wounds by talking to him, I I couldn't. couldn't, You know, I just have to heal it uh, with God and with myself and with my current partner. So uh, anyway, (laughs) my, my painful breakup experiences, the most painful was probably... The most recent breakup, which was um, my boyfriend of my ex of four years, was all long distance, but we started dating in the church and was very set and focused on instilling strict boundaries. Mm -hmm. And we were trying to do everything by the book as far as we possibly could, by the grace of God. We... We were trying to be the ideal couple in a lot of sense, in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And although that relationship brought me a lot of spiritual healing and a spiritual closeness with God that I never felt before, wow. it also was the relationship that triggered that uh, insecurity the most. Uh, because I grew up having this fear that I was going to get cheated on, that I was going to get betrayed. And then having that fear come to pass mm-hmm. with someone that I least expected it from, it was something that I thought I I would die. <laughs> like so, he literally cheated on you. Yes. What? Yes. And, and he's a born again guy. Yes. Like wow. So it. How, how did you take it? It was like like I said, it was literally the thing that I expected the least, and I don't want to bad mouth him or. Wherever, whatever choices he did, but I do feel like whatever it is that happened between us was, even though it was the most devastating thing that could ever happen to me, yeah. I 
had to pull up my big girl socks and just heal wow. from that trauma, that root insecurity that my dad brought. Wow. It wasn't even this guy, it was my dad. I love like in retrospect how you could see like that just triggered a deeper root mm-hmm. that needed to come out. Mm-hmm. Wow. So I, I spent a lot of, uh, I think, not a lot of years, maybe just a lot of months just working through it. I even asked him about it, like just trying to understand why it happened. What yeah. was the core of why you would cheat? Yeah, like what makes the next person better yeah. than you? What makes the next person better than yeah. me? And I didn't get like one fixed answer, mm-hmm. but, and this is now just him as an example, but I think a lot of men, they have so, such a, a small and easily triggered or easily bruised ego. Yeah. And once you uh, uh, step on that ego or put that pride down in any way that you can, it can cause a trigger. So it's very important to be with someone that is secure in who they are, Mm -hmm. in their identity. And uh, one of the reasons that his ego got triggered was the fact that I I was this person that wanted to control a situation. I wanted to control how this person treats me. If they're not this way, then they're not good enough. Wow. And I did that a lot. With wow. not just him, a lot of my previous boyfriends. You did it unknowingly. Unknowingly, of course. I, yeah. I would never have done it intentionally yes. then if I knew that that was what I was doing. Wow. But m- one of my healing um, realizations was just like, I was part of the problem. I wasn't <laughs> well, the whole problem, but I was part of the problem. Wow. And in order for me to heal from my insecurities, yeah. I also need to learn to not cause other people insecurities. Because yes. yeah. imagine you're doing everything that you can for this person that you love. Yes. And it's never good enough. Mm-hmm. It's never, ever, ever good enough. And yeah. I, I did that. I constantly did that and that will never justify someone cheating yes. please that's not what I'm saying <laughs> at all but I I had to realize where I was at fault and then part of my transformational healing was also learning about men because I didn't understand yes. men yeah. so I had, had to study them I had to study yeah. them I bought books I listened to podcasts wow. I listened to YouTube videos I really researched men. Wow. I went through the book, the book of books of the Bible, where men were highlighted, like Kings, First and Second Kings, Book of Samuel, yeah. uh, like so many, so many of those characters. Mm-hmm. I had to get to know wow. and kind of see, okay, what are the similarities? What kind of men are there? And that was pivotal for me to heal from what had happened to me. Wow. And another another thing was also just making the choices every single time mm-hmm. when I would fear again. Yes. Like, am I going to be cheated on? Yeah. Am I going to be cheated on? Yeah. Is this going to happen to me mm-hmm. again? To make the con- conscious choice, and it's still a choice, trust me. Wow. I'm still struggling with it, wow. with my current relationship. Wow. But it's it remains a choice. It's kind of like rewiring those patterns in your brain that tells you that people are going to cheat. Because yeah. I grew up for 
how many years? 20, 21 years hearing my mom always say men cheat. Wow. So I think that was like instilled in it your was, brain. It was programmed wow. Wow. from the moment I was young and seeing my dad cheat. Wow. It was something that was, it was normal to me. It was wow. to be expected. So I really had to, I still have to reprogram it and it's not going to, you can't undo something that has been done for 20, 21 plus years. Exactly. You need to put in the work yeah. to actually reprogram and speak truth, yeah. speak life over that wow. situation, wow. over, over the, the, the fears mm -hmm. and things that come up. Wow. Well, it takes maturity to acknowledge that and to speak from a place of healing and mm -hmm. being informed. Yeah. Uh, it really does. I am so encouraged to hear your story. And um, so um, I love that you emphasize the significance of healing, yeah. taking the time to really um, observe and do introspection. Yeah. Like, let me not just put the blame on the next person. Mm -hmm. I had a part to play in this. How can I now work on myself yes. to be a better person for whatever relationship it is that I want to attract or that mm -hmm. I want to have? Mm -hmm. that, is, that is very, very beautiful and powerful. So um, this brings me to the icing on the cake. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you recently got engaged. Congratulations, girl. Thank you. How do you feel about this tran transitional shift? And how did you know he was the one? Just, just already from the myth that you just shared with us in terms of the previous relationship. What set this guy apart mm. to be the one? Okay, first let me just start with, I don't really believe in the one. Mm. I, I spent a lot of my time believing that and I thought that the previous guy was the one. Yeah. I was fully convinced. I had scriptures to prove it. I had dreams to prove it, you oh. know? So I was fully convinced that this was my person. And he even, like we connected on a different way than I have or will have will connect with anyone else in my whole life mm -hmm. um, because it was very spirit based. Wow. Uh, so I my belief is just that you have soulmates, you have the one for different areas of your life, mm -hmm. and you kind of have to still cultivate and put in the work and choose this person yes. that God presents mm -hmm. to you as the one for this area of your life, and what. What I went through, can I tell you the story of what I went through? Talk, tell us, girl. <laughs> <laughs> after, after now my breakup and my healing was, was basically done, I now started to like question what is it that I want in a husband? Yes. What kind of husband do I want? Yes. What is it that I want in a future spouse? What kind of person do I need, want to live with for the rest mm -hmm. of my life? And like many people, I wrote down a list and started praying for that list. And a lot of that list was founded on Psalm 112. Mm -hmm. So the number 12 always like just stood out for me. Um, it's just that number of completion, you mm -hmm. know. Um, but I, I remember like clinging on to the what do I want my relationship to feel like. Not just what do I want this person to be like, but what yes. do I want our love to feel like. Yes. And the image of a tree came up. Wow. Just wanting a love that's secure and rooted in wow. God. A love that grows and flourishes. A love that provides shelter, that yes. provides nourishment. A love that is, you know, has its seasons where yeah. it's sometimes dry, it yeah. sometimes flourishes, it's sometimes 
but it's steady, it's wow, steadfast. That's powerful. That's what I wanted. I wanted a love like a tree. And then I started to identify all the other loves that I've had, the love like a wave, mm-hmm. love like fire, where there's a lot of passion and a lot of, yeah. you know, <laughs> woo, a lot of feelings. But I was just like, no, I want something different. Mm-hmm. And that's what I started praying for. And what the feeling that that gave me was just peace. Wow. And when I would talk to my fiance when we were still just friends was peace. He was my person that I went to when like, I needed peace. Like you guys were just friends. We were just wow. friends. Uh, he was actually the first person I told when I found out I was cheated on. <laughs> wow. What was his reaction? He was like, no, I just, I Instagrammed him on, on I DM'd him on Instagram and I'm like, why do men cheat? And he's like, oh, hello, how are you doing? We haven't spoken in forever. Because what I would do is, every time when I would get someone new in my life, I would block him. He would be the only person I would block. Why? You know, looking back now, I'm like, why? Yeah. Because we never said, like, we are exclusive or we are dating. We never even flirted back then. This was in 2016, 2017, Mm -hmm. around there. So I, he was my, he was my go-to person for when I needed to feel peace and it was the same vice versa. He would always tell me, would always call me and tell me about his relationship problems, (laughs) always call me and be like, I need to vent, but I don't know how. He would always talk to me about it. Mm -hmm. I was there when he went for his first job interview, he called me. He was like, "Uh, can you pray for me for this job interview? So we... We clung onto each other for security and peace. Mm-hmm. And when I started to put those puzzles together, I was just like, this is it. Wow. This is my, this is my person. He was literally like the person. Yeah. And it is amazing how the guy is sometimes always in the friend zone. Yes. <laughs> yes, most often. Because he was, he was good for me. Like, he was just like a good guy. He was just like, you know, it's fine. It's just a, it's just a, it's just a friend. Yeah. But... I I really had something special with him that I didn't have with anyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, but as we started like now talking more intentionally, mm-hmm. when we were like, okay, so I like you, you like me, can this be something? We spoke intentionally about what marriage looks like because wow. he was at the place where he was looking for a spouse. He wanted wow. his wife. And I was at a place where I was looking for my spouse. Wow. So... We, from that moment on, we already asked each other very very direct questions. Like, how do you feel about this? How do you feel about that? How do you feel about this? So that we can figure out, are you a good match for me? Oh, wow. And that is why I don't believe that there's the one. Even though that this person can have this fundamental role in your life, and you feel like, yo, this is the the one. Yes. If there isn't compatibility Mm -hmm. in certain things that are of fundamental importance to you yeah. then I don't feel like you should compromise exactly. just because this is the one God can send you another person that exactly. has that makes you feel that way yes. as well yeah. so because the Bible says he that finds a good wife find, finds a wife finds a good, good thing, thing. Mm-hmm. so it's a thing about seeking and actually finding wow and recognizing and recognizing yeah. wow that's and, beautiful yeah. 
girl I, I love that you emphasize on there's not the one I can relate to that mm-hmm. you know past relationships and you know God spoke to me that about um, Saul and David you know because I was like Lord so you you sent Samuel to anoint yes. Saul and you knew as sovereign as you are as God you knew he would mess up but you know what God told me he said I give everyone a fair chance yes. but we all have the power to choice yeah so Saul chose to be disobedient mm. to God and God told Samuel, stop mourning over Saul. Mm. Go to the house of Jesse because I have anointed, a ki- I, have an, I have a king set apart for me. Yes. Isn't, it, isn't that beautiful? Um, because as much as, as much as God might say, this is your person, that person still has a free will to say, Lord, I want what you want for me. Or no, God, I don't want what you want for me. Exactly. Wow. Exactly. And that is why a lot of Christian relationships don't, work out the way they thought it would um even christian marriages is because they are fixated that this person because they are the one they're never going to mess up and everything's just going to be perfect because it comes from god because it comes from god but there's like you said there's that element of choice and wow. free will yeah that it's not that it goes against god because god can still allow your choices to his choices he's sovereign but he he gives everyone fair chances, like I, you said. Yeah, definitely. He so, does. Yeah. Even though he knows we're going to mess up, mm-hmm. but but that's just who he is as a fair and square God. Mm-hmm. I know this guy is... I'm, I'm, I want to present these two people to one another. Yeah. Even if he says no, I have given him an, a, 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 a fair chance to yes. say that I am bringing you my best and you have a choice to say yes or no. Definitely. Yeah. Wow, girl. Girl. You have blown me away on this podcast. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for coming in studio. Thank you so much for just being here and for pouring your heart out with authenticity, transparency. Um, I, am, I myself am so encouraged. Um, it, this is such a power-packed piece of steak that I'm still going to really listen to. <laughs> And um, I just want to say all the best with the wedding planning. Thank you. And I'm really excited for you. I really foresee a purposeful future for you guys. And I know that just based on what you've shared, Mm -hmm. that it is even your union will be instrumental in the kingdom of God. And I pray that it will be so. Mm -hmm. And um, so thank you so much. Grace and peace for all the planning. Thank you. I know, and um, may you just continue to prosper and flourish in whatever it is that you set your hands on, what Thank God has so entrusted much. you with. And I know we're definitely going to collaborate again soon. Yes, so definitely. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me, Deshi. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening in. Please subscribe. Please leave a review. And um, we will catch up on the next episode. Ciao.